Welcome to the Breaking the Barrier podcast. This is episode 81. This podcast is sponsored by Generation UCAN, the smarter energy nutrition that's powered by Superstarch, a slow-release complex carbohydrate that uniquely delivers steady, long-lasting energy to keep you fueled and feeling good. Visit generationucan.com.au and use the coupon code BREAKINGTHEBARRIER for 15% off your first order. That's generationucan.com.au and use the coupon code BREAKINGTHEBARRIER. Listeners of the Breaking the Barrier podcast can now also enjoy a 10% discount on these Spartan races. All you have to do is go to spartanrace.com.au and enter any race that you want and enter the code BREAKINGTHEBARRIER upon checkout when entering for that race and you will receive 10% off. That's spartanrace.com.au and use the coupon code BREAKINGTHEBARRIER. All right, welcome to the Breaking the Barrier podcast. I'm Andrew. And I'm Zach. Welcome to the podcast that hopes to inspire you to go above and beyond what you ever thought possible. Shout out to all of the regular Breaking the Barrier listeners and hello to anyone joining us for the first time. We're hoping that this episode and the topic that we're going to talk about will be an opportunity for people to join the podcast and learn a little something. So welcome, buckle in, hold on. This is going to be fun. That was a lot. I That was a big setup. I hope it's fun. Yeah, we've really talked ourselves up now. Now, new. Yeah, like, I feel like we have no place to go but down. Yes, now. that's so good. That's... We've got a plan. We're heading down. Yeah, we're heading down. Downhill running. All right, cool. Downhill running. Yeah, that we'll have to talk about. That is downhill running easier. We'll, we'll get to that point. Ooh, I have my answer. Yes. Um, so today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to get started in running. But first, with normal programming, um, we're going to give some shout-outs to our community. Andrew, what shout-outs do we have this week? <laughs> Oh, that was kind of low. Uh, so, well, there's actually not a lot of shout outs this week uh, because you know what? It's been relatively quiet in the community group. And I think I have a feeling that that has to do with people like they're finding their footing at the moment with everything that's going on. And and that's fair. I, I do want to say that, though, everybody, it is really important that you keep kind of doing those humble brags and letting everybody know what you're doing because not only is it motivational for us to see it's motivational for yourself to have a goal of like i've done this i can i can post this in the group so basically in no small way i'm telling you start posting in the damn community group it's too quiet and quietness makes me nervous yeah you are someone who likes the spotlight to be shown around uh, the breaking the barrier community and people talking themselves up. We we actually do really get a lot of delight and motivation mm. from seeing that. And partly because if you take the time to reflect and shout out yourself for something that you've accomplished, it means you've actually thought about going after a goal or you've recognized yeah. a momentous occasion. And so sometimes Absolutely. it's not even about the time or the what you lifted or what you accomplished. It's more about the fact that you took the time to recognize it. That's where I think we feel a sense of pride from the whole thing. Yeah. And, you know, no matter how big or small, I think it's really important that especially during these times, we take that time to recognize any accomplishment that we have. And you know what? For some people right now, it might be getting up off the couch and taking an extra hundred steps a day or getting outside. I realized today myself that I have I've been doing a lot of treadmill running lately. Like I've been doing a lot of lazy running. Right. And um I haven't been outside a whole hell of a lot, and I kind of felt a little bit lethargic today. And I was like, I wonder if that has anything to do with I've gone from running outside pretty much every day to like you know not. So, are you going? That, how often are you going outside at the moment? Like, in general or for runs? But in general. Oh mate, I'm like Count Dracula, dude. Like, 
<laughs> I'm like, I go to the, I go to the grocery store and that's, that's like it, man. I have not gone outside that often. I like last week, I didn't even take my bins to the curb cause I didn't care. <laughs> wow. You know, there's, there's this whole thing at the moment where people are like getting dressed up to take their bins out. Like it's the, I've seen that. Yeah, it's like they're putting on fancy dresses and women are putting on their wedding dresses from 20 years ago and saying, look, it still fits to put the bins out because that's kind of all we get to do at the moment. That's an accomplishment. Yeah. Your wedding dress still fits. Cool. Yeah, well, you know, I've seen that. I think that that's really, I, I think that's a lot of fun. And I think things like that are, are taking up. Like I do a lot of dumb, goofy TikTok stuff at the we moment. Know. We Obviously. Thank you. Um, and... And I think, you know, people are just having fun, getting creative with what they can. And uh, if you can do that outside, probably better. Yeah. And things do seem to be uh, trending for the better. So uh, recording this, we're a couple of days here in the state of Victoria in Australia, always recognizing that we have international listeners. We had a slight softening of restrictions here from the COVID pandemic. They, They added a fifth reason for why we're actually allowed to leave the house. So... Beforehand, we were allowed to leave the house for essential work. We were allowed to leave the house to essential services, like getting groceries or medical Mm -hmm. attention. We were allowed to leave the house for exercise, which is very important to this community. And we were able to leave the house to help someone else if they were like, you know, in a state of emergency. They've added a fifth one, which is we can go visit family and friends as long as we stay less than five people. And they also tweaked the exercise restriction. And so beforehand, we were only allowed to exercise in a group of two. We're now allowed to exercise in a group of 10 or less with all of these things, as long as appropriate physical distancing is maintained and it's safe to do so. So that's actually, it's an interesting one because the, (laughs) and I was having this conversation with uh, my film crew because the way I read it was 10 people or less for a social gathering and exercise fell in there. But it was also just like recreational stuff because they're allowing fishing and camping and stuff, I think. Yes, they've restarted some of that stuff. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's a that's a cool thing. It's very exciting. They still haven't opened up gyms, which I'm kind of bummed about. But, you know, that'll come. Yep, that's on the list of things to do. Um, yeah. Schools, they'll be adjusting schools here in Victoria over the next yep. couple of weeks or so. Um you know, bringing back some of the essential class or some of the lower and higher levels in the next yeah. two weeks and then the rest of the schools a month or so after that. Um, I think everyone's just a little concerned about we've been very successful here in Victoria and Australia. Yeah. What happens if you do a small little relaxation and then all of a sudden yeah. a second wave hits? And yeah, I guess that's the thing that I'm thinking about is like there's really no the reason to think that we're, I mean, just because the restrictions are easing, it doesn't mean that the pandem- uh, pandemic is over. And there's really no reason to really believe that it won't spread again. The reason that it stopped spreading is because everybody's been inside. So it kind of worries me a little bit. I imagine, I'm hoping it's like, well, I don't know if hope's the right word, but you'd think it's kind of like something that like flu season where it's just, you know, it's seasonal. But I mean, it's, it's, been going on at the same time all over the world and there are different seasons of course going on so i'm really interested anxious to see how this goes because i think depending on how it goes it's going to tell us a lot about how we move forward yeah. in the future and i think you know one of the things i saw the other day is that they're not 
relaxing the restrictions because the pandemic has passed. They're relaxing the restrictions because they now have enough capacity in the emergency yeah. rooms to take us when we get sick. So yes. don't go That's... off and have a beer with your mates, as the Premier Andrews in, a, in Victoria suggested. Still be sensible. Still think mm. about who you're visiting. Don't visit people who have you know immune system issues. Be careful with young children. When you are hanging out with your mates, doing a personal training session in a group of less than 10, look after social dis, you know, physical mm. distancing as well. But it is good that we are potentially heading in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. I like doing these little reflections on COVID because I've been talking to my kids about how 10, 15 years from now, we're going to have this little visual verbal diary of what we were talking about. We're going to be able to play this back and go, this is what it sounded like. This is what I was thinking 10, 15 years ago during this COVID crisis. And now we're up to COVID 27 and it just becomes the normal, you know, April to June routine. But back then it was exciting. What a happy thought. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Something to look forward to. Rock on. So rather than talking about starting a pattern of annual pandemics that force us inside for three months every year, what we did want to talk about in this episode is getting back to basics. How do you start running? What are the things that Andrew and I would suggest to you if you are someone who wants to start running? Mm. Yeah, well, we we touched a little bit of of, uh, getting back into the habit and the episode before that, which was starting up. Um, and, but that was, those were all kind of general. So now we want to move into something a little bit more specific. So in terms of running, um, now I, I released a mini episode, a couple of mini episodes in the past couple of weeks about how I'm assessing my running. And I think that that, the, the, the first thing that you need to do when you start running is to assess your personal circumstances. What is, what is running to you? And that's of course, with any fitness regime, uh, what, what, uh, circumstances are you currently in that's going to allow for X amount of running, for X amount of goals and that sort of thing. For a lot of people, running. it might be, it's one of the only reasons I'm allowed outside now. Mm. I, whilst I'm outside, I feel like I might give this running thing a crack. I think a lot yeah. of people running and, and bike riding are trying that now because it's literally one of the only things you could do. Well, I, I know that, I, I think I've said this before uh, a couple of weeks ago, there is a lot of people, there are a lot of people outside right it just in in my development, I've never seen so many people so active, and they're not all, all running or anything. But it's great to see them outside going there um, to, to getting active. Yeah. And I, I dare say that when you do figure out your circumstance, that's when. And Zach and I have spoken a lot about this. Zach did a complete episode, one of Zach's, I think, first sort of solo episodes. He spoke a lot about finding your why. Mm. Uh, which is really, really important. And finding your why is not the same as a goal uh, because a goal is finite, right? I mean, you're going to make a goal for one specific thing. Your why has to be much more, it has to be bigger than that, right? If if I was, if you're a Harry Potter fan and you're doing the Patronus spell, it's got to be a bigger thing than just that happy memory of the first time you rode your broom, right? <laughs> There's a lot of metaphors in there all of a sudden, but I'm assuming that most of our audience got that. Uh, some of them some of them would have. Finding it's your, a billion-dollar industry. True. Finding your why <laughs> is important, though. Like your, your outcome and accomplishment will feel so much better if you know why you're doing. Um, studies have shown that people who feel connected to why they're doing something will mm. handle the what of doing it so much easier because like you that, know yeah. why you're doing it. It's, yeah. it's there in the name. Why? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, a good good example of a why to me has always been something like, well, 
I want to look after my health because I want to make sure that I'm around for my family and, you know, I can I can be there for the big uh, big milestones of their life rather than, you know, if I come from an unhealthy background, worrying about heart disease, worrying about premature death, that sort of thing, which is, you know, extreme. Mm. But I find that a why like that, that has that bigger picture rather than my why is I'm getting ready for a 5K. That's not really going to stick, uh, especially if, you know... <laughs> we run into something like this where that 5k is canceled well where do you go from here yep and if you're if you're listening to this going wait a second you're talking about a 5k not being an accomplishment i'm nowhere no close we'll, we'll talk about that we'll get to where a 5k fits in but accompanying yep. a 5k is not why you're doing it you're not running a 5k just to run a 5k you're probably something else there it's either yeah. personal motivation i want to feel better i want to look better i want to That's act it. better um work out what that is because you your why is what will get you going once that first goal has been met and your second goal and your third goal it, it really is important and listen it might force you to think about some things that um aren't anything to do with running it might mm. be that there's actually i'm i'm trying to get to this i'm trying to get away from that Take the time to think about it. If you're not ready yeah. to deal with the why straight away, at least understanding what it is will, will help you as you go forward. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And to do that, you, of course, have to, while you're assessing yourself, your circumstances, you have to figure out what your baseline is. Uh, that's a really, really big, big, big important step because the, f the worst thing that you can do when you start training or getting into running or anything or any kind of lifestyle is going too hard too fast because you haven't been realistic about your baseline. For example, if you've never run before, don't be starting out at a hundred mile week because you're going to hurt yourself halfway through your first week, guaranteed. <laughs> so be realistic. Find out what your baseline is. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we talk about, like you, you'll listen to us, we've done 80 episodes or so, and we sometimes talk about running as if it's this spiritual nirvana mindset thing, and it absolutely can be. You know, yes. I've spoken quite honestly about how it, it shapes my lifestyle now. But ultimately, if you want to start running, there's a physical aspect here, and you need to think about your body. Um, mm. How old am I? How fit am I? What's the state of my knees? What's the state of my ankles? Do I have back problem? You know, do I have anything that I would need to be in terms of vision or things I need to be aware of when I'm going out in crowds like asthma? Every one of these physical factors are things that you need to think about when establishing your running baseline. And it's not to put a constraint. We don't ask you to look at those things to say, oh, well, now there's a box we've put around you that you can't do this because you've got bad knees or you can't do that because you've got asthma. No, it's more about understanding that so that you can yeah. then build on that. It's a baseline right. that you then grow from. It's not a baseline that holds you back. That's right. 99% of the time, if you have something like an underlying condition, 99% of the time, you're going to be able to run around it, right? You'll be able to do something. You, just because you have asthma doesn't mean you can't run. Just because you have bad knees also doesn't mean you can't run. You just have to figure out how to be smart about it and, you know, take your time with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you, you've got to let that allow you to then assess yourself at regular intervals. Uh, and not only do you want to assess yourself at regular intervals to make sure that you're healthy and not overdoing it, but it's also a good way to see how far you've come. Uh, I've been doing a lot of, uh, well, not a lot, but I, I've been doing regular VO2 self-tests, uh, VO2 max self-tests. Uh, and it's basically that episode where I talked to Nick Jankowskis. This was episode, Zach, what do you think? You Ooh, did this, you had this I had in this one the episode. the other day. I would say 52. Okay. Yep. See, I think I think it ends in a two. I'll so check that in the background whilst you keep talking. Okay. 
Well, basically, uh, my VO2 max test consists of myself on a treadmill, and I started at one speed, right, my easy pace. And then every three minutes, I, I increase that speed by one kilometer per hour, and then so on and so forth every three minutes until I can't go anymore. And I've been doing that, you know, I've been trying to do that once a week, which might be a little bit overkill. I'd say probably do it once a month, but, you know, I've got nothing else to do, so. But, and, you know, nine times out of ten, especially if you're doing it once a week, you probably won't see a big difference. But if you're doing it once a month, you might. And that difference doesn't have to be huge. Like, for me, my big difference with the last one was I got to, um, instead of 15 minutes, I got to 16 and a half, which doesn't sound like a big deal, but it's improvement. And it it's important to note that when you do improve like that, the next time it, you might not get there, but just know that you have gotten there before, so you'll get there again. Correct. Uh, two things I'll add to that. One, I was absolutely correct. It was episode 52. Um, Bang on. I man. know. I must be really good at our back catalog because um, I'm just yeah. pulling that from nowhere. Um, and the other one about assessing yourself at regular intervals, a lot of this is dictated by where your baseline is. I think I shared mm. on the episode a couple of times when I got back into running a few years ago, it was coming back from an Achilles injury. So yeah. that was a situation where my assessing myself at regular intervals was not about how far did I run in this particular session, but how am I actually feeling in terms of my recovery plan, my 12-month recovery plan from that injury? And so yeah. that's something you need to think about as well, depending on where your motivation is or where your baseline is. Assessing yourself at regular intervals shows how you've moved from that. Have I Has my Achilles improved? Has it healed properly? Am I back to regular running? Or if I'm doing this for weight management, am I starting to recognize where I've come on this journey? It's different to having a plan and talking about a plan, and we'll talk about that later. Mm. It's a more of a... a, a broader reflection a broader yep. reassessment to recalibrate and go i was heading in this compass heading now i'm going to tweak it instead of heading mm. northeast i'm going to start heading due north because i've taken care of that so yeah, yeah setting yourself you're know, understanding yourself at the start but then reassessing along the way um we do it in work we do it in personal lives um school every year at school you do an assessment running is part of that so take yeah. some of those things you're already doing and bring it into running that's it and Going back to what you were talking about before with your injury, so what what's what's one thing that you can recommend if we're moving on now to stop or prevent injury, Zach? Probably the number one thing that you need to look at when you're starting running is your shoes. Mm. Um, a number of people over the last couple of weeks have been saying, "Hey, Zach, I'm in this COVID." It's like, "Hey, Zach, how are you?" I've been saying, "I'm good, thank you." Random person, what would you like to talk about? And they're saying, "Well." <laughs> I heard you're a, a wise man and you know an even wiser man who can talk to me about starting running. How would I go about that? And we have a bit of a conversation. And eventually I say, well, what shoes are you going to go running in? And they're like, oh, well, I've got this pair of sneakers that I bought two years ago and I've worn them around a bit. I'm going to start doing that. And my advice to them is that might get you through the first couple of weeks, but eventually to make sure that you are looking after yourself, you are going to want to invest in proper shoes. Everything about running is your foot making contact with the ground. And then that reflects up through your ankles, through your knees, through your hips, through your back, right. all those things that you might be concerned about. So finding the time to invest in a good quality pair of shoes that suit your personal circumstances is probably the best tip I can give you. You will 
be able to find a whole bunch of other accessories to do with running. And trust me, you will be able to buy many other pairs of shoes along the way. Oh, but yes. you're not going to be able to get very far and be very serious about running without making that first smart initial investment. Yeah. I mean, you got you to gotta remember, folks, that when every time you take a... Uh... Uh, you, when your foot strikes the ground when you're running, you're hitting the ground with about five times your body weight. So you want something there that's going to do well for you, right? You don't want any old shoe. You don't want something that's not designed for running. And the best way that you can do that is if you can, I know that some shops aren't open right now depending on where you are, but if you can get fitted for shoes, do that. So what that means is you go to, say, a, sh a store that uh, specializes in footwear or, you know, running footwear, and they'll generally put you on a treadmill. And it's not a long process. They'll get you on a treadmill. They'll get you for a jog and maybe something a little bit faster, less than a couple minutes. And then they'll they'll analyze your gait, uh, which basically means how you're striking, how your foot strike is like, your stride and everything. And then they'll show you. They'll show you what your foot is doing. Most of the time, they'll uh, film it and then show you what your feet are doing. And then they'll look and say, are you a pronator? Are you uh, a neutral runner? Something like that. And then they'll they'll discuss different types of shoes for you. Maybe it's a stability shoe you need. Maybe it's a neutral. Maybe it's a high drop. Maybe it's a low drop. All that good stuff. And then they'll – a lot of stores I've found will actually allow you to take a shoe, run with it, and try it out and then if it's not working for you you bring it back they'll they'll basically keep working until you find the shoe that's right for you yes good good footwear stores good sports running stores they see this as a partnership they don't want to yeah. sell you a pair of shoes and then never have you come back um mm. They understand that they're under enormous competition from online places that are selling stuff cheaper. Um, so they really want to form a partnership with you. And so yeah. they will invest the time. And if they sell you a shoe that doesn't work straight away, they'll be committed to trying to fix it. That's um, right. the, the important thing with, you know, a lot of the time it'll be to do with the way that your foot is constructed. Do you have high arches or low arches? Normally that's a bit of a symbol for how your foot will roll or not roll. Um, other times it's to do with your body composition. If you're a taller individual you'll tend to have more body mass than a shorter individual so you'll need a shoe that can handle more cushioning um, and then also it depends on what it is you're trying to do for people who are just starting running when you're just starting running and we'll, we'll talk about this there's going to be a lot of walking involved yeah. once you start getting into more running that's when you find that that pair of shoes that you started off with are starting to hurt a little bit um, and that's where it before it turns into an injury it's important to go fitted and go get checked out different shoes there are so many different types of shoes out there, be yeah. it stability shoes, cushioning shoes, wide shoes, tight shoes, shoes with laces, shoes without laces, sock fit, all that. Chances are you'll be able to find a shoe that will get very close to what you need. But shoes yeah. change over time. And that's where if you find yourself that, you know, it's only one particular shoe that works for you, but you need something different or they stop making that model. Oh, that um, sucks. That's one of the worst <laughs> things. Um, custom orthopedics might be something you need. So a podiatrist mm. might be someone who goes, listen, regardless of the type of shoe or the model of shoe or the brand of shoe, if you've got these orthopedics, that's going to give you the baseline that you need. Yeah. Um, yeah. That might be something that hits you relatively early in your running journey. It might be that it's later and you're up when you're in the, the many kilometers a week that you start finding that's of pain but listen to it because one of the first things one of the things i would say is that anytime your shoes aren't right that's when you start to get things like shin splints 
and shin splints are a pain in the butt to get rid of. It is actually they're a pain in the shin. A pain in the shin to get rid of. That's a great point, so, actually. That's why he's here. Um, <laughs> we say he's not a doctor, but he could play one on TV. So we totally let him talk play one about on TV. it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, shin splints are the worst thing. They often come because you've gotten really, really confident with your running and you're upping your mileage, and mm. they're so hard to get rid of. They're the worst thing. Yeah. 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 And there's nothing more frustrating than when you're on a roll and you're building that mileage and your pace is coming down and you're feeling great. Nothing more frustrating than being stopped by something like shin splints where it's just like, come on, I just want to run. So you've got to take care of your feet. You've got to take care of that stuff. Yeah. And if you're sitting here going, man, I can't ever imagine a world where I'm going to get excited about buying shoes for running. Just mm. take time. Wait until you've been running for a couple of years and then that will become the highlight. Well, you'll be buying shoes you don't even need. Darryl, my friend Daryl, I think, has four pairs of shoes sitting in his cupboard just waiting for an opportunity to use them. Because Dude, I have like seven pairs in my running rotation. Yeah. And you'll need, you'll need shoes for different stuff and you'll need shoes for different outfits. It's going to be awesome. You'll get there. It's great. I mean, I have yeah. different shoes for different races, different events, different paces. Different, yeah. Mm. Shazam, dude. So, so what can people, apart from, um, you know, planning a four-year shoe investment portfolio, Andrew, what else can people do to prepare for, for starting running? Well, I think that, you know, going back to uh, assessing things, you have to have a plan, right? So there's so many different roads to running, right? Different roadmaps to running. And it's really, I think, I found it beneficial that if you don't, if you have a plan, you don't just get up, start running. I mean, you can, but it, it it's not going to be the best way to see any kind of improvement, right? If you're doing the same thing every day because you don't have anything building in front of you. So one, a great sort of thing that you can get, which there's so many apps, is a couch to 5K. Uh, now, couch to 5K, they have them all the way up the couch to, I think, half marathons. Oh, yeah. I don't think there's, there's a couch yeah. to everything, it feels like. Yeah. yeah. And they're, they're basically these great apps that will put together a plan for you. And some of them actually take into account, I think, the time that your goal yeah, is. Yeah, some of them you can say, what's the pace I want to get to? Assuming you want to get to 5K, why would you, um, what pace would you want to do that in? Again, if you are someone who is starting from the bare basics, don't worry about pace for your first 5K. Worry about running 5Ks first. But if you're someone who's coming back or is wanting to use it to adapt, You've got ones that can do that. They also take into account how many days a week you have to run. Uh, and they'll caution you. They're not going to let you run seven days a week. But they'll also make sure that you, if you want to do three to five days, they'll find something around that. That's it. And they're great. They just they literally will start you as if you've not run before with like the smallest distance. And they'll throw in interval uh, intervals there. And usually it's over the course of a month to like two months, maybe depending long, on maybe what even longer. Is. Yeah, I've seen them up to 12 yeah. weeks, actually. 12 um, weeks. So three. Yeah, yeah. So okay, three, four months. Yeah, right. Um, and they'll just basically they'll take you through the week and they'll keep adding and adding and adding, but very, very slowly yes. until you're able to do that 5k. And it's, it's just a great way to it's just a great way to start running because it gives you without especially when there's no races right now or anything it gives you a goal like right off the bat this is your goal you're gonna run a 5k this is the roadmap to do it yeah and there's normally a couple of different reactions I hear from people when they try a 5k for people who have never run before they get to like week three or four and they're like I'm never gonna be able to do this I just can't yeah. keep the running going I'm fine with the walking bits and I'm starting yeah. to get my movement up but it asks me to run 400 meters at a time now and I'm just not getting through that 
that's okay. It's, that's how it works. That's how it's meant to feel. There's other people who are sitting there going, oh, I'm doing this couch to 5K and it's, I'm now at the bit where I'm doing the 400 meter um, sprints and it's really, really easy. It's like, okay, but can you run 5Ks yet? Oh, no, I can't run 5Ks yet. Well, then stick with it. The fact that you're yet, finding it easy versus the person who at week four is finding the 400 meters different, it's all part of the same pathway. So right. it, it, it is a really great structured way. And the thing I love about it, and I think we spoke about this on a previous episode, it's designed to stop you from hurting yourself. It's designed to make it manageable because yeah. if you hurt yourself, you won't come back. So no. we want you to feel challenged and eager to keep going past that 5K goal um, because that'll make it sustainable. Absolutely, absolutely. And then of course, uh, talk, speaking of 5Ks. What's the there's... only point of doing a 5K? There's only one reason to do a, a 5K these days, Andrew. Exactly. And what is that, Zach? Well, I was asking you, Andrew. Well, I'm asking you now, Zach. Well, in that case, I will say... <laughs> <laughs> I just try to work out how long we could keep doing that. And I'm like, knowing Probably the two of long. us are way too long. Yeah. yeah, yeah, way too long. The only reason to do a 5K these days, folks, if you haven't heard it already, is Park Run. Park Indeed. Run is the global phenomenon that has been going for 13 years now, 15 years now, you know, multiple countries every mm -hmm. saturday morning at the same place at the same time with the same great people park run and right. you know again a, a park run can be part of your couch to 5k program because even totally. though it's called park run it's not all run you absolutely can walk it and use that as a way to do your intervals and the great thing about park run is you'll never have to feel uh embarrassed or or self-conscious about coming in last because they've taken care of that for you yep. there's a designated hey. person there's a it's a it's not a race B and there's a designated person to do it for you. Yeah. And depending on your event, um, it can also be really, really motivating as you're yeah. starting to do that 5K event. Um, paces. Sometimes they'll have paces there. People yeah. who will run at certain times and guide you. And you'll find that those paces are really, really supportive when it comes to people who are trying to do intervals. So if you're trying to do a 35 kilometer 5K, you will run off on the pacer at the start. And then when you start walking, they will catch you. And you often have this thing over the course of the five kilometer park run where you're constantly getting encouragement from this person as they catch up to you. And there'll yeah. normally be a, a pacer every five minute or so um, time that you want to hit. So it can be a really great way to sort of measure yourself and track how you're going. Um, you know, probably one of the other things we probably should have said that as you're starting to go with your running, another investment that you might want to make after your shoes is some sort of app for your phone or a watch yeah. so that you can track your progress. Again, yeah. that gets back to assessing yourself. Um, but you don't have to go buy a watch. A lot of the, the you know, I think for couch to 5Ks, most of them have their own tracking apps. Yeah, they there's stuff on your phone you can use to get started. So don't spend That's money it. on a watch straight away. No, plenty of free, plenty of free apps out there. Yeah. Uh, one another thing that you can start to do if you're not sure that you want a specific distance goal and you just want to start to run a little bit longer, is what's called the run walk method, and it's exactly what it sounds like. You basically, again, there are apps for this, uh, but it's basically in uh, in the short version is you start out maybe jogging for a minute and walking for three minutes. And eventually you start to flip that on his head until you're jogging for three minutes, walking for one minute, and then all of a sudden you're going longer and longer and longer. You're basically setting out intervals for yourself, specific, uh, specific times 
of walking versus jogging until you don't have to walk anymore yeah and you can just keep running like forest forever true and the great thing about you know couch to 5k and those run to walk methods is that even as you evolve and you start running more they tend not to expand the amount of time commitment they ask for you they're asking mm. for a half an hour or 40 minutes or something it's not like as you get fitter you'll suddenly be out there running for two hours it's no. just that the amount of time you spend running will increase and eventually you'll find that what was taking you 40 minutes to do um, in a walk run method you're actually doing in 20 minutes and you're actually now yeah. going further that's it and the thing yeah it's an interesting thing about running is that it never gets easy I'll, I'll tell you that it never will get easy but the paces that you're running now will eventually become your easy pace but running doesn't necessarily yeah. ever get easy and it shouldn't because if you're trying to continue to progress you know, it's, it's a workout, really, at the end of the day. Uh, so don't ever feel like you're not doing anything right if it's not getting easier. Chances are you're just working harder. Yeah, we, we if you were waiting till minute 30 or so of this podcast to learn the secret about how running becomes easy, spoilers, it never does. It never so, does. But you should still do it. Trust me. Absolutely, absolutely yeah. It is fun. We, we have Kool-Aid. Yeah. <laughs> Come to the dark side. Um, and so how, how, what's the, what's the golden rule of, I guess, progression, Andrew, that we have both broken in the past and learned mm, the hard right. way that you never Indeed. forget. So the golden rule of running is the 10% rule. So what that means is if you're starting running, or even if you're not, if you're a seasoned runner, you want to be increasing your mileage by 10% each week. So as not to increase it too quickly. So a lot of times I, I know I'm guilty. I know Zach's guilty as we just spoke about. We'll go from running 50 kilometer weeks to 70 or 80 kilometers a week like that. Probably shouldn't. No. And we'll think <laughs> we can do it because we've done it before. It's not like exactly. we're running a 70 kilometer week for the first time. It's just we haven't done it for six weeks because we're yeah. recovering from a race or you know what? Chances are we've probably been recovering from an injury because yeah. we decided to put more than 10% on. That's right. And the, the body's a funny thing. Like, you know, it's... <laughs> It's a kind of an unfair thing about fitness. It You say if you're running 80, 90 kilometer weeks, right? As soon as you stop doing that for a month, your body's no longer able to just get back out there and do that. You've got to work back up to it. It might take you three, four months, five months to work up to that. But after a month of not doing that, you're going to want to take a couple months to get back there again. Yeah. Uh, so that 10% rule, say, for example, if you're running 20 miles a week, the following week, run 22. Following week after that, run 24.4, something like that. 24, 25, round it up. You can round it up. Uh, but you never want to just add and add and add and add and add because you'll get injured. Yeah, you don't have to be slavish and sit there and go, is it 9.8% or yeah, is it 10.2%? Exactly. But if yeah, you can do the maths in your head and you know it's 20%, you've done too much. So yeah. you've got to just try and um, trust us on this one. You don't want to do that and have the injured because the only thing worse than running not e being easy and running being hard is not being able to run at all after you've gotten addicted to it. It's something you want to do. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and I guess we're, we're talking about like for people who are starting off, you know, an accomplishment would be to complete um, a yeah. series of run walk intervals without feeling completely you know, stuffed or showing up to your first park run and being part of that event and completing it. Um, yeah. Eventually, people will start to move beyond their initial why into setting a specific running goal, which is great. So what are some of the things that, you know, again, if you're just starting off, you don't need to have one of these straight away, but to keep in mind for as you start to enjoy this more, you could, you could go after as a running goal. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and that, that could range, like Zach said, 
you know, park run to a 10K race or to anything up to an ultra marathon eventually. You know, that probably shouldn't be your first goal. But it could even be, you know, how far am I going to run today without stopping? You know, that was probably one of my first goals is it wasn't my pace. It wasn't, I mean, at the time when I really first uh, started outdoor long distance running, of course, I had the Melbourne Marathon as my goal. But before that, it was to be able to run anything over six or seven miles without stopping to walk. Uh, And, you know, that was a great goal when I hit it. And do you know how I hit that goal, Zach? Because once I hit six to seven miles, I used to bonk. Yeah. And you know what happens when you bonk or why you bonk? You bonk because you have absolutely terrible nutrition. You don't have the fuel in your body that you need. (laughs) Exactly. Um, And what's one of the best ways that listeners to this podcast, Andrew, can make sure they avoid that bonking feeling? Well, to avoid that bonking feeling and to start singing, you've lost that that bonking feeling. feeling. (laughs) You can try out Generation You Can, which is an incredible energy and fuel source, which is basically fueled by their patented super starch formula. And what that does is it helps to utilize fat as fuel rather than relying on carbohydrates too much. So that fat in our body, we have a lot more stores of that than carbohydrates. So that allows you to move farther longer and faster without bonking it's a great thing i use it i fuel i fuel with generation you can for any race that i'm trying to to pb it or pr at um and that's anything from a 5k to a marathon yep and so for listeners of the podcast you can visit generationyoucan.com.au and use the code breaking the barrier for 15% off your first purchase. We recommend the sample pack that has a little Indeed. bit of everything so you can check it all out and find your personal favorite. Um, if you've got any questions about how to use the product, the website is great. Um, the community uh, on breaking the barrier Andrew himself can all make recommendations for you there. So that's generationyoucan.com.au. The code is breaking the barrier. It's the best choice for steady energy. Totally. And that is one of the things, if we start thinking about like the fourth and final thing that helps with um, getting into running, Generation UCAN, great for nutrition when you're in the middle of a race. Um, And again, if you're going doing a 5K, a 10K, maybe even up to a half marathon, unless you're racing that half marathon, you won't really need to worry about nutrition in the middle of the race. nutrition leading up to and after the race is really good to make sure you get the most out of that effort you're putting into running yeah absolutely i find that for me it's a it's kind of a again not including uh races that i need to pr at like normally for a 5k run or 10k even a half marathon i'll generally run those fasted not having anything beforehand and i certainly won't fuel during but on races that are going to be long races that I'm running not for necessarily speed because, of course, with a, a race like a marathon, yes, you're you're running maybe sometimes for a specific time, but you're not running as hard as you would be in a 5K or a 10K or even a half marathon. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, I think a 5K is so much harder than a, than a full marathon. Um, but for me, a kind of quote-unquote golden rule is to basically fuel every 45 to 60 minutes if I know that the race is going to be over two hours uh, so that it helps me to nip that bonk or that crash in the bud before it even has a chance to has a chance to rear up its ugly head yeah and if you're you know someone starting out running you'll hear people talking about carbo loading before a race making sure that your body has enough energy in it to get you through that that event 
you don't have to worry about that for a 5K or a 10K or a, when you're starting out. Um, your body's natural stores, what you naturally consume during the day will, will be enough to do it. Um, same with recovering afterwards. Don't uh, fall into the trap of overdoing your nutrition after an event. Even though yeah. it might feel hard, you want to make sure that you don't bring more energy in than you exerted during the actual race. So when you, right. you're starting out, don't think about your nutrition in the context of running only just think about your nutrition as a complement to running being a healthy lifestyle and look to tweak that rather than getting specific about what i should do for running yeah. running is something that will complement nutrition nutrition will complement running nutrition on its own can be a much bigger detriment to your running than doing anything specifically for running will be as a benefit Absolutely. i always find even if it's two or three days beforehand if i have something really silly and we're not saying that you can't have like that pizza or that cake every now and then like do it like have fun yep. uh you know unless you're doing something really specific or training for something very specific you can afford probably to have these fun little treats but i find that when i've gone overboard on anything even a day two three days later it affects my run yep. pretty negatively um, yeah, Th things that I mean, th things to think about with nutrition when you are trying. Because if you're starting running, you want to give yourself the best possible chance to enjoy it. Things that right. will make life not fun if you're running the next day or even two days later. Alcohol. Last weekend, I had a few drinks on the Friday. I still felt yeah. bad on Sunday when I went out for my long run. I felt dehydrated. Yeah. I felt yuck. It just wasn't a it's great worse run. Worse as you get older, it, too. It, does. it really does. Um, and also what you eat. So you know, fatty foods and stuff like that the day before a long run. Um, you're not going to get the, they're high energy, but you're not going to get the benefit of that energy. What you're going to have is a whole bunch of stuff sitting in your stomach. And hey, if you're going to get involved in runners, you're going to have to understand this. Occasionally, you're going to need to go to the bathroom whilst you're out on your running course. Now, if you want to, you can cut laps around a toilet block to make sure that you've always got that on hand. But mm -hmm. sometimes you're going to find yourself a fair way away from a, a normal facilities where you need to make a decision, which is, am I going to try and run to uh, where society is and find myself in a proper area to do my business? Or am I going to have to carry some stuff with me? So if I have to duck off into a bush, I'm okay here. Um, Don't be a code brown. Yes. You, you want to avoid being trapped halfway. Probably that's the yeah. good trip there. Uh, tip yeah. there. But yeah, that's one of the things to, to think about is, you know, if you eat it the night before, you're going to have to deal with it the next day. Absolutely. So, you know, again, try and set yourself up for success and you'll learn your body. Like I that's very good routine in the, yeah. and like Andrew said, in the days leading up to a marathon, like not, mm. not the night before, not the day before in the days leading up to a marathon, yeah. I'm starting to shape that again. You don't need to worry about that for the 5k or the 10k or just starting. And if someone tells you, you do need to worry about it, you probably just need to check that information source and make sure that yeah. they're, they're looking after you. No one should that's be right. trying to get you to take gels and carbohydrate drinks and carbo load you know the day before a park run just go enjoy a right. park run that's it that's exactly right and you'll you'll as you get further along you'll know what your body is like we're talking carbs and all that stuff but some people are what's called fat adapted runners uh they might not need them like for me i don't i don't personally carb load before uh, a marathon i take um, andrew's carbs and i eat them and then i grab other carbs and have them that's right. And then Zach goes out and runs like 160 or 100 kilometers. Um, so, you know, he's a freak, but <laughs> that's why you won't see me doing that. Yeah. But yeah, so it just depends. Like carbs might not work for you. Fat might. Fat might not work for you. Carbs might. A majority of the people probably when starting out with long distances want to start off with carbs first. Um, and when I say fat, again, I'm saying 
good bad fat. Like yeah, avoid yeah, yeah, bad yeah, yeah. fat. Like I'm talking yeah, about deep fried chips, but D- good fats are good. Yeah, good fats are good, yeah. which is why they're called good yeah. fats. Avocado, nuts, yeah. you know. Um, don't overdo it on the nuts, of course, because it's easy to, yeah. as we spoke about a couple weeks ago. But yeah, so exp- and that's the other thing is experiment with things. There's nothing wrong with experiment. Don't experiment the day before race no, day. No, ne- that's probably the second rule. After the 10% rule, yeah. the next golden rule of running is never do anything new on race day, um, including right. diet or anything else. Yeah. Right. Uh, so just experiment with what works for you. It's the same with anything else with running distances, shoes, equipment, experiment with your nutrition. Yeah. You know, we all have an idea of what healthy nutrition is. Like, you know, that Snickers bar isn't good for you. I'm not saying you can never have it, but don't make that a staple of your diet. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So there you go. Um, in terms of uh, what's the biggest trap people fall into when they do something new on race day? What's the thing that people most tend to do on race day that's new that they hadn't done before? Oh, this is a quiz? This is a quiz. Try new nutrition? No. Wait, wait, hold on. Wait, wait, what was the question? What's the one thing that most people tend to do new for the first time on race day that they shouldn't do? Shoes? No, it's actually, this is, they hand, you know, wait. you get these t-shirts, they hand out oh, the event. Oh, yes. Here's oh, the t-shirt mate. for the event. And, Worst. And everyone turns Worst. up and they wear the t-shirt for the very first time at the race thinking, Not a good idea. I'm on the starting line and I'm going to wear the t-shirt and it's going to be part of the race. That'll do two things. One, it'll reveal to everyone that you're a new runner because no experienced yep. runners wear the event t-shirt on the day. And nope. two, that new t-shirt is going to irritate you because yeah. you haven't ran in it before and you haven't washed it or anything. So the right clothing makes a difference. Yeah, it, and it's an oh, yeah, it's an overlooked, absolutely good point. Because even I, that didn't pop into my mind. Like I know it's, I take it for granted, but it's it's an overlooked thing. And I think we all remember that magical Melbourne Marathon shirt given a few years back. That was like sandpaper. Yeah. Everybody, like you knew the people that were running in that shirt because they all had those magical bloody nipples. Yep. Because who the hell? What? Why would they give out a shirt like that at a long distance? Yeah. So the, the right equipment makes a huge difference. Um, depending yep. on your needs, you might want to look at compression gear. So compression yep. socks. Um, I'm a, what we will call a, uh, a heavy thighed runner, which means there's a fair bit of chafing going on when yep. I do something long distance. So I like to wear compression thoughts, thoughts. I like to think of compression shorts <laughs> and, and have them underneath my shorts to stop stuff from running. Um, yep. uh, some people can run in singlets. Some people can't. Um, Some people just can't handle um, long sleeve t-shirts. Others do. Zippers on the front. Um, The best clothing, the right clothing, when you find it, stick with it. If you find a magical pair of shorts at work, buy four pairs. If you find a particular brand you like, get it. Um, Often... Stay away from stuff like cotton. Uh, Oh, yeah. Stick with with moisture wicking, you know, synthetic kind of stuff. Yeah, the Um, dry wicking stuff. Um, And, you know... I kind of paused there. I'm not sure where I was going. I thought you were having a stroke. Yeah, no. I thought the video... Your eyes rolled back into your head? That's the point I was going to make. When you look at the, uh, you know, at at an event, at a park run, or you look at experienced runners, chances are they are wearing some beat up, ratty old thing that they have worn many, many times and it's tried and proven. So, you know, running can be a bit of a fashion show sometimes, but... Honestly, once you get into it and you're experienced and you're enjoying running for the sake of running, you won't care about what you're wearing. You'll want to run in something no. that makes you feel good. That's right. And and to build on that even, you know, I know a lot of people who actually when they achieve a goal, uh, like a, a race or a, a distance goal or something, 
one of their treats that they'll give themselves, and you can start thinking about this, rather than I'm going to treat myself with food, treat yourself to a new piece of running gear, yes. a new a running top or something. That's what I do. When I, after any long run that I complete over, say, 25 kilometers, I will treat myself to a new running top or, you know, something. Because you have the right running gear that you enjoy. It's going to make you want to go and do that uh, activity. Yeah, it's good. Um and then how do you keep people going? Like what's, what's your tips, Andrew, for, for keeping going when you're in the middle of training or, and trying to get through it and making it a little bit more fun? Yeah, well, I think a big part of it is, uh, you know, motivational music, of course. Uh, you know, if you, if, you, if you like listening, I'm not saying that you have to listen to music all the time, but, you know, it's, there's actually a lot of benefit to running without music. But sometimes you just need that motivational track. Like what's that song that gets your adrenaline going? That's, that's going to be a great piece of music to listen to throughout your run or you know that type of music throughout your run not that you want to listen to the same song over and over again but it can definitely help keep you going that little extra further that little extra longer sort of thing movies are great like if you're on a treadmill i highly recommend like netflix or youtube or podcasts of course obviously podcasts are great yeah podcasts breaking the barrier it's a great one podcasts um, are great because you can listen to them at like one and a half speed and so you'll find that when you're, you might not be able to listen to one and a half speed when you're working, you're on public transport because of other distractions. But when you're just mm -hmm. running, you'll be amazed at how quickly your your ears adapt and you can start really yeah. pumping through some content. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great thing. I, I, I honestly, I listen to a lot of podcasts and uh, I think it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and not only when you're running, but when you're not running. Uh, I, a big thing that I do is watch, like if I'm feeling a little bit like I need motivation, I'll go watch a motivational mu movie not necessarily while I'm running, just like a running movie, you know, like Chariots of Fire or, you know, Brit Brittany Runs a Marathon or the one about the 1930s Olympics, um, uh, the Berlin Olympics. What was that? Do you remember that one? No. Oh, man. That was a good one. I can't remember the name of that flick. But anyway, you know, you watch a running movie or a Rocky, of course, yep. you know, a training movie, and it just gets you into that mindset. You know, or or you know, even a motivational book which you can read or listen to. Yeah, listening to a book whilst you're running is really easy. If you, the listeners of Breaking the Barrier, go check out audibletrial.com forward slash Breaking the Barrier. Audible is offering a free download and a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service with over 180,000 titles to choose from. You can find books on any subject, running, motivation, nutrition, inspiration, Berlin Olympics in the 1930s. Um, you can get a free ebook that's yours to keep even after the trial is over, but get that 30-day experience of being able to listen to all different stuff. So visit audibletrial.com forward slash breaking the barrier to claim your free audiobook and 30-day trial. I'll edit that out and I'm going to leave what I've just said in there so people are wondering, what did he just edit I out? I told you my voice was tired today. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. That's all good. Uh, um, uh, you know what I need? What else helps when you're running? I need some sleep and recovery. Um, yeah. So if you do overdo it, and you will feel sore when you first start running, um, yeah. looking after yourself, you know, we talk about, Strength training, again, once you start getting to a point of regular running, strength training is really important. Regular recovery is always important. Sleep is, is always important. You yeah. don't need to have a full strength training routine to get to 5Ks or start running, but you will want to do that eventually. Um, but you always need to start thinking about your sleep and making sure you maximize that. Absolutely, absolutely. And who doesn't want more sleep? Exactly. <laughs> I take naps every five seconds. That's um, awesome. 
probably you know some of the other things to keep an eye out for just as you're starting on your running journey that I just popped into my head whilst we were talking. Um, one is Andrew mentioned before running without headphones. Um, mm. Running without headphones and listening to yourself run is actually really important to think about your form and how you're moving and avoid injury. Um, as a tip, if you're running and you can hear your feet you know, slapping the ground really, really heavily, that's a sign that your body is hitting the ground really, really heavily. And it might be a, a, an inclination that you need to change the way that you're running and try and run a little bit lighter, maybe shorten your stride so you're not reaching out as far or try and concentrate on lifting your feet more than stretching out. So I find that, you know, some of the advances I've made in my running over the years has been when I've been running along and I'm like, wait a second, what's that sound? Well, that's my feet hitting the ground. Let me change my running so I can't hear that anymore. Okay, now I'm running lighter. Now I'm running with better form and it feels a lot better. Yeah, I always imagine um, running over hot coals. Yes. Yeah, that always works for me when I feel like I'm clunking down too hard. Yeah. Well, remember, was it um, Michael Johnson in like the Olympics who came in and he had that very upright running style where previously runners had sort of, you know, stretched out and done these long strides. And he went, no, you know what? I'm going to get much better results by keeping my feet under me and turning my feet over quickly and almost running in an upright fashion. And now that's what we all do. We all try and when we run, chest out chin up, you know, make sure that the oxygen's flowing into our into our lungs nice and easily. So, mm. you know, thinking about your running form there is a good one. And then, you know, the other one for as we come into winter here in Australia and it's getting darker, um, you want to make sure that you're protected against the elements. So yep. thinking about the right clothing, you know, comes into making sure that you're wearing warm layers that you can take off as you need to, bright colours if it's dark, um, giving yourself as much advantage as possible that you're not going to put yourself in a dangerous situation um, because you're going to get cold, you're going to get hypothermia. If you're running near a road, you want people to be able to see you. And also, you know, you do need to keep your personal safety in mind as well. So, you know, ladies, if you're running by yourself, let someone know where you're going. Try and stay close to main roads. Uh, we, We do focus on ladies because you've heard in a previous podcast before, you know, a lot of time it's a disproportional uh, impact that women find when they're running compared to men. It's not unknown for men to get harassed, but it tends to be more of a verbal harassment, whereas women are definitely at more danger of something physical yeah. happening. And so you need to look after yourself. And I'd, I'd hate for someone who is starting on their running journey to have something like that happen that turns them off. Um, but yeah. it is something you do need to be aware of. It's a terrible thing that we have to talk about. And it yeah. you know, feels horrible, but it does happen. It's been proven that it happens. That's it. And even with personal safety moving into a, a little bit of a different category, think outside the box. You know, there uh, a lot of the time, well, not a lot of times, but sometimes you'll run in an area where there, it might be a dog off lead park. You have to be careful. Some dogs like the chase and some dogs like to bite. And guarantee if you run long enough, you're going to have a dog chase you at one point. I know so many people who have been bitten by dogs and... I know some people who carry mace, not for people, but for animals. Mm. Um, I can't imagine ever macing a dog, but I guess what choice do you have if you're being attacked? Right? Yeah. And we, listen, we left that to the end of the podcast because yeah. you might sit there going, what are we? What are these guys talking about? We're talking about doing my first run ever. I'm, I don't know why I'm even listening to this podcast. My friend recommended it. These guys aren't funny. And now they're talking about getting attacked wow. when I'm running and maced and all that sort of stuff. Trust. This did get dark. 
Yeah. Once you get into running and once it becomes part of your lifestyle, you will find yourself in a situation where you'll go, actually, I don't care that it's horizontal rain out there. I've got to go do my 10K. And yeah. what there's a, there's a group course with a Strava segment going through that tiger cage. Okay, I'll check that out. So let's see, let's see if I can get the PB there. Exactly. Everything will, uh, your perspective will change as you become, you know, a quote unquote runner. And it starts exactly. with you deciding to do it. And hopefully you've gotten some tips out of this episode today on, on how you can make that happen. We, we celebrate you for even thinking about it before you even step foot out there to go for a run. Absolutely. Absolutely. We wish you all the best on those trails, treadmills and roads for your for your running now above and beyond. Yeah. So one of the things we'll talk about next time, um, we touched on it briefly, but complementary to running is what, you know, cross training, weightlifting. It's something that I do to uh, benefit myself for my running. It's something that Andrew does as part of his job to make sure that he looks great on camera and on screen. And so we'll touch on that next time. And I'm really looking forward to that because whilst I've dabbled in weightlifting um, in my past, it's been a while since I've been in it. So I'm probably gonna have a whole bunch of questions for you next time, Andrew. Bring it on. Can't wait. Makes me sound smart sometimes is good. <laughs> that, that sentence didn't even make sense, so that's ironic. <laughs> I can't even accentuate the right... God damn, I'm digging myself in a hole. Somebody save us, please. <laughs> please. Okay. That was a lot of fun. Well, look, thank you so much for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Zach. And this has been the Breaking the Barrier podcast, where we hope to inspire you to go above and beyond what you ever thought possible. Thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next time.